Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our life. We ask that you allow us to receive your word today. Let us retain the information. Let us let, let it just stay embedded in our hearts. So we plead the blood of Jesus over your word, God. And we ask that you just allow your word to just really resonate in our life where we can apply what we need to, God. Allow us to see and hear through your eyes and ears so that we can understand things from your perspective and not our own. God, we thank you for being you in our life. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for always toning your ears to hear our voice. God, we just ask today that you just keep our hearts softened and melted for you. Allow us to be open and willing to receive your word, God. Let us be able to understand it in a way where we can perceive its meaning and understand what it means. And so, God, we thank you today. We thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. We ask that you give us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. We thank you for all the things that you've done for us, including the things that we don't even know that you have done on our behalf. So, God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. So, fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for just filling me up. I pray that you allow me to speak the word today in a way where it's edifying and just comforting to the hearer. And also um, just to be able to speak to those that are hopeless and filled with despair. Let, let it be able to provide them with hope. Let me plant and water seeds in the lives of those that are listening. But most importantly, God, we ask that you please allow your will to be done. Not ours or anyone else's, but yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your blood. Amen. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on Lost Life and Health. Let's talk about it. So um, I'm talking about women's health. And hopefully I'll be finishing up with that uh, by Sunday or no later than Tuesday. Um, so let me just go ahead and get right into word today and share my screen. Um, but before I do, I'm sorry. Um, I there's a few housekeeping rules. So if you have any questions and you join me via the Zoom webinar, please go ahead and put your questions right there in the uh, Q and A, and I'll be sure to respond to you there. Now, if you um are joining any of the audio apps such as like the iHeartRadio, the Spotify, or Apple, please go ahead and put your request there. Um make any of your comments in the audio app and I'll be sure to respond to you there. And if I don't see your message, please just go ahead and raise your hand and I'll respond to you, okay? And um, if you are interested in suggesting a topic, please go ahead and send an email to Deanna Watson at suddenchangescorporation.org. Also, if you needed to get prayer, Please send your uh, prayer request to Laws Life Health at SuddenChangesCorporation.org. Also, if you are interested in completing like mandated community service through court, um, or if you were interested in becoming an intern and you needed some extra work, or you wanted to become a volunteer, or possibly become an author, please send that email to info at SuddenChangesCorporation.org. All right, thank you all uh, for joining me today. Let's just go ahead and get right in the word. Okay, so what I wanted to um, talk about here is let's, I wanted to get, um, so I have been talking about 
you know, just staying positive and how when you're staying positive, you can um, pretty much remove doubt and unbelief from your life. You can think about uh, what you're going to say before you say it. Um, this will allow you to maximize experiences that you're having in your life. It creates more positive experience. Um, you know, do things in your alone time. Maximize your alone time in a way where you're building rapport with other people as well as building your relationship stronger with God. You want to remove the doubt and unbelief and replace the problems with the solutions to focus on instead. You know, um, try to be productive. Do some journaling. Do some exercising, some walking, maybe some bicycling. Um, get you some sunlight. Do those type of things in your spare time. Um, watch you some Christian movies or listen to some Christian music. You can also make an altar in your home, a dedicated place where you have just the, the, a way that you and God commune together. And, and you can use that for a reading time. You want to make sure that you also work and appreciate the things that you do have, you know, creating a more positive experience. So yesterday I talked about, you know, um, when people are optimistic versus being pessimistic. Is your glass half full or is your glass half empty? You know, are you are you focusing on the things that you don't have instead of focusing on the things that you do have? And so um, being optimistic about life is important. So I wanted to sort of shift gears here and um, I'm still talking about being positive, but I wanted to go into um, studying the Strong's Concordance Dictionary. And this will allow us not to just remember positive words, although I have positive words there on the blog. I want you to know that um, a lot of the information on the on the blog is really useful, but it's, it's important to be able to read it and also listen to the audios so you're not missing anything. I don't put every single thing that I say onto the blog, so you could be missing some pertinent information. So moving forward now, this this kind of might be like more of an in-depth study, I would say. Um, because it's the study of words. So the Strong's Concordance Dictionary, I have provided basically like a link that opens up for, um, it's like a, basically a compilation of all of the different Strong's Concordances that you can buy. So, um, let me explain what a Strong's Concordance is. So, the Bible is comprised of two testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew scrolls. Okay, so the first five books of the Bible is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And that is considered the Torah. That's considered the law. So the Torah and the law is the same thing. That's God's law. That's what God mandates, right? Um, so that the entire Old Testament is written in Hebrew scrolls. The New Testament is, however, written in Greek. That is from the books of Matthew to the books of Revelation. And so the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that is where you will find the Gospels. It talks about the life of Jesus and when he was here on earth and what he did with his disciples. You know, the requirements um, the provisions that, that Jesus put in place for us. It talks about a lot of different things. And so you can learn about the life of God. 
So when Jesus was here on earth, he was 100% man and also 100% God. Okay. And um, if you look at John 10 and 30, it says, the father and I are one. And so yesterday I talked about how, um, you know, Jesus is, he is basically our salvation. He gives us salvation. We are saved by grace because our faith allows us to have grace because we have trust in the Lord. So just because you have faith in God doesn't necessarily equate to you, you know, um, maintaining that faith. So when God gives you something, you need to be able to maintain it. It's just like if you have a house, you want to maintain your house. You're going to make sure your yard is taken care of. You're going to make sure your house is clean and mopped and swept. The garbage is taken out. You're going to maintain what you have. So in order for us to maintain the faith that we have, we have to continue to have hope in God and continue to keep our trust in God. So that is the, the main thing here. Now, um, to understand the word of God, you have to understand what etymology is and also what epistemology is. So those are two different things, but one is a branch of uh, the parent of the other. Okay. And so I'm, I don't really want to get too in depth with that, but I, I would like to go over a few things about it. Okay. So, um, first we're going to talk about etymology. So let's look at, I have a short video that talks about etymology. And so I know this is about women's health, but it's so important to be able to have access to the strong concordance to be able to understand the words that you are using and how it could impact your life. Yesterday was a great transition into today. Um, simply because we talked about being optimistic and how some people are pessimistic if you're looking at the, the, the gain versus, <clears throat> I'm sorry, if you're looking at gain versus loss. So um, you don't want to just like look at life and keep going through life, looking at what you don't have, because when you focus on the negative, based upon statistics, there is evidence that support the idea that when you are negative, it is very a negative mindset. And so um, you want to make sure that you're able to understand what etymology is. Okay. Because the words that you use, some of the, the things that you say out of your mouth can really, really impact your overall quality of life because it will be either motivated or stemmed from you either uh you know being positive or negative so the words that you use is really really important to pay attention to so um i want to go over this so i want to play a short video and this is on study.com and it's talking about uh etymology of words okay all right When early societies tried to communicate, the difference in language was a major obstacle. But as societies evolved, words also evolved. Over time, this had a great impact on communication between languages. Over years and years, words continued to grow and change. When society entered the medieval times, people began to try to determine the etymology of words. So what is etymology? 
Etymology is the study of the origin of words and how their meanings have changed throughout history. Words change every day. You can probably think of some words right now that have only come into existence recently. For instance, 20 years ago, if someone told you to Google it when you needed information, you would be completely confused. On the same note, 100 years ago, if you started talking about what you watched on television last night, no one would have the slightest idea what object you were watching. Since the first interest in discovering the evolution of words, etymology has become a true field of study. Finding how words change often relies on the societal changes and historical events of the world. Words can change meaning through time just like societies and people change. Let's look at some examples of the etymology of words. Now that you know that etymology refers to the origin of words, it is important to note that words in a language belong to certain language families. These are the groups of words that are in the same language and share similar characteristics. Some controversy exists on the true number of language families and which languages belong to which family. There are also some that believe all languages come from some ancient extinct language. However, there are some common language families most agree on when discussing the etymology of any one word. For example, Latin is a family that contains several different branching languages. French and Spanish are two of the languages in that family. Even many of our current day English words can be traced back to Latin. For instance, the word science originated from the Latin term scientia, which means to know. In fact, many of our scientific terms relate back to Latin language. This is mostly because the Latin society was the first to really focus on scientific principles and put names to those concepts. You okay. So you see that that's a great way to understand what etymology is. I didn't mean to exit out of that. Give me one second. So um, going back here, you see that, um, like, for instance, we, we have they have a few facts here. So what are some examples of etymology? So the word disaster, it comes from a combination of Greek root words, meaning bed star. The word silly used to mean deserving of pity. So the word etymology mean the study of words. Basically, that's all it means. And so, um, so we see that the, like, for instance, the word clue, it means a fact or idea that serves as a guide or aid in a task or a problem. It comes from the middle English word clue, which means a ball of yarn or thread. So etymologists have discovered like, um, the oldest use of a word clue dates all the way back from 1393. But the origin of the word is clue, even though I, it's spelled C-L-E-W, right? That's the origination of it. And so um, to better understand etymology, you have to understand what the word means. Now, um, I know I didn't really go in depth on this on um, adapting the king's language because I, I will go into detail about this someday, but not it's not going to be today. 
Okay, um, this will be on a separate podcast. Um, so etymology is the study of words, but in order to like fully understand um etymology, you have to go back to like what the parent of etymology is. And for me, based upon my research and what I've noticed, um, that would be epistemology. So epistemology is basically like the philosophical study of the nature, origin, and limits of human knowledge. And so um, epistemology allows you the opportunity to go and study etymology, okay? Because once you have a curiosity of epistemology, it allows you to go and explore further about things, right? So you look at how words are derived from a certain place. Um, for instance, the term is derived from the Greek episteme. Episteme means knowledge, right? And logos, which means reason. And so according to the field, it sometimes refers to as a theory of knowledge or uh, epistemology has a long history within Western philosophy. So it started within ancient Greeks. And they continue to um, like basically spread it through metaphysics, logic, ethics, philosophy, those type of things. Um, Aristotle was a philosopher. Um, he talked about how our development is really about like the 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 body and the way we, um, you know. He said Aristotle is a, a is a philosopher. So I don't want. I already talked about Aristotle, and I really don't want to talk about him right now. But they're talking about him um, in a way where, where he they're just mentioning his philosophy. So some parts of his philosophy, you know, um, encompassed epistemology. So um, when you're going and, and you're diving into like word searches and trying to understand the different anomalies of uh, the experience and understanding of people, you have to first try to understand what epistemology is. So the uh, some epistemology problems are the knowledge of the external world. So most people have noticed that vision sometimes play uh, tricks on them. This is according to Britannica. So um, water can sometimes look bent. For instance, many people, even though they're not mentioning this in the Britannica, I want to mention it. So the Bible talks about in Genesis chapter 1, how the how God created the firmament. So a firmament is a spear. That means that the the world is round. The world is not flat. So if you understand the Bible and go into detail about certain words that's in the Bible, you will be able to understand and debunk everything that has been talked about in the world. So you don't want to believe things from a secular perspective, even though that information can somewhat be valuable. But it doesn't equate to it being accurate. And so there should always be further, further probing. Always probe further. Especially when it's important things like, is the earth round or is the earth flat? So we see that the earth is a firmament. A firmament is round. Okay. And so the way that we understand epistemology or um there are some epistemological problems so the reason why i mention that is because some people say that the, the water looked bent or it just looks like it's just continuing to go and so this is what they're talking about here so that's one problem is that some people uh visualize certain things that could be uh you know a positive or negative right so you have these negative positives and these positive negatives 
but really what which one is really true it's really about um what people consider and their perception right perception really impacts the overall understanding of what someone sees so for instance i wanted to um i wanted to show this let me show this um I don't even think I had posted that. Let me let me try to see if I could do this one second here. I wanted to show this so everybody can see it. So let's look here. So um okay, here we go. So let me pull up this. Let me let me pull up this. Uh, there is a photo that I like to share. Share this photo, and I'll um, post this on the website too, so everyone can see it. One second here. Okay, so let me show you this video, this um, here. So we see that there is someone standing in front of this photo. There's two people, one on one side and the other one on the other side. And there's a number, the number six. So the person on the left, they see the number six. The person on the right, they see the number nine. So just because you are right does not mean that the other person is wrong. You just have to see life from that person's perspective, their perception. And so I'll I'll post this up there so that um you all can have access to it. Um so let me see if I can get it here. One second. Oops. No, I was gonna do that. Okay. So we have to see life from another another perspective. So when we're looking at etymology, etymology is the origin of words, but you are you're actually diving deeper in a way where you're trying to understand the knowledge. You're trying to understand knowledge and you're trying to understand reason. That is epistemology. That is the reason for etymology. So I would say that epistemology is the parent of etymology. So most people, they don't really go um, and look into epistemology. They just go right to etymology. Really, etymology is okay, but you need to go back to epistemology.
and understand the knowledge and the reason behind the origin of these words. And so that's kind of like how I like researching. Um, so now let's go a little further. All right. I wanted to talk about, well, it's a couple of things that I needed to talk about here. Let's see, I was trying to pull up. Um, so I'm going to be talking about some Jewish, um, hold on a second. So I don't think it was on that blog. One moment, everyone. Thank you all for your patience. I really do appreciate it. I was looking for... Um, thought it was would have been here mm. let's see if I could just search for it I was looking for um let's see hopefully that comes up and so while that's coming up um okay so the strong concordance when you click on the link that i provided in the blog you're going to get a, a compilation of multiple strong concordance so like i said the bible is comprised of hebrew scrolls and greek the hebrew scrolls is from the books of genesis to malachi the 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 greek is written from the books of matthew through revelation so you have hundreds of scholars that speak hebrew and also greek they've analyzed and constructed the strong concordance and different you have so many different ones right and so um the way to analyze it, we need to be looking at the words, but we also need to look at the people, all right? The organization that you're looking at, who are you getting your information from? The source of information is so relevant. It's so important to pay attention to. So, um, all right, now... Let's see if that came up for me. I wonder if it's on this pod if, if it was on this podcast. Let me open it up there. Um hopefully it was on one of those. I'm not sure. Could have been. 
see. Hey, I was looking for it. I wasn't looking at that. No. I think it was it hit, I thought it was this one. I don't know why. Oh, it could have been the other one. Um Oh, I think I think it was here. It it could have been this one here. One second. Let's see if this is it. I think it could have been that one. All right. So now I want to talk about um I, this is why I'm trying to pull up this article, this blog that I uh created. I'm trying to pull this up so we could actually see. I don't know why I thought it was would be here. Mm -mm. These videos are not available anymore. We'll fix that. Okay, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. I was just trying to find where I had um thinking that um let's see I don't think it was there. I don't know where I talked about this at. One moment. Just trying to look in this last place. Mm -hmm. Okay, don't see it. I don't see it. 
Okay. So, um, okay, so let's, let me just move forward. I apologize everyone about that. So I want to talk about the, um, Semitic languages. Um, so the Semitic languages, they form a branch of the Afro, uh, I think it's pronounced Afro Asiatic language film, um, which is members of the Semitic, Semitic, uh, group are spread throughout North Africa and Southwest Asia and have played preeminent roles in the linguistic and cultural landscape of the Middle East for more than 4,000 years. That's what it says here on Britannica. Um, languages and current use. So we have in the early 21st century, the most important semantic language um, in terms of the number of speakers was Arabic. Um, the standard Arabic is spoken as a first language by more than 200 million people living in um, part of northern Africa and also western uh, West Iran. So there are about 250 million additional people who um, speak the standard Arabic language as their secondary language. So most of the, uh, the written uh, communication is Arab. Um, which is their literary language, that's basically like their native language. Then you have Maltese, which is originated um, from a dialect of Malta. And so there are about 370,000 people that speak that language as well. So um, as a result of all of that, now we have the revival of Hebrew that was in the 19th century. And so you see that um, the state of Israel... Uh, was established. This was established in 1948. So there are about six to seven million individuals that speak modern Hebrew. Um, many of these languages are of Ethiopia, Semitic, um, including our Am Amharic, with about 17 million speakers. Um, and so there are a lot of different other languages that, that, that are talked about. But I just wanted to stop there at um, where it talks about Hebrew. So now if we go further and dive further into languages, um, this is more understanding more of the epistemology of knowledge with the origin of words. Um, so we see that they have documented languages. Uh, there is evidence of old acad Academian, um, which is found in Sumerian, uh, literary tradition so they also have um the Akkadian dialect in babylonian and assyria which had acquired um some writing with the sumerians and so um we see this discovery was done back in like ancient city of ebla which is um a city that were in syria so if you probe further you'll understand more and more what is happening here um, we also see from the end of the second millennial, um, before the common area or before Christ, um, there were languages of the Canaanite group, which began to leave records in Syro-Palestine. 
And we see the Canaanites came from Noah's bloodline, which was, uh, I think it came from, where's my Bible? I have, was studying this the other day. Uh, it came from Ham and his grandson, where Ham's son was, well, Noah had three sons. His son was named Sham, Ham, and Japheth. And so Ham had a son named Canaan. And so that's how the Canaanite um, the city came about from Canaan, which was Noah's grandson. So when you think about the um, end of the second millennial and the languages of the Canaanite group, you can look at how it sort of transformed itself and, um, and widened over to Palestine, right? So you have these modern European alphabets that are... Um, have, that are being cultivated into like the Mediterranean area of Punic, including Phoenician uh, language. Um, you have the Judaism, which comes from Jewish uh, individuals. And I talked about that on a previous podcast and how Judaism is a part of the Jewish um, tradition of many of the uh, many people that, that practice Judaism they really really focus on the law which is the torah and so they they still somewhat believe that um you well you have this separation of uh jewish tradition so there are two different types of jews that i really really wanted to get into and talk about um but i couldn't find it on my podcast I, i wanted to reference my podcast on there maybe i could try to find it one more time um God help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, help me. So we see, um, see, trying to find, um, yeah, I I was trying to find where I was talking. I had talked in great detail about the Hebrew. So when you think of a Jew, a Jew is a Hebrew. They are also Israelite. Okay. So when people separate those terms, it's no need to separate it. They they actually all mean the same thing. Okay. So you have Hebrew, you have Jew, you have Israelite. They all mean the same thing. Now what has happened is there is a separation of Jews, of Jewish traditions, and also people that are claiming to be the original jews and some people are claiming that they are the original jews so um when I talk, I'm, I'm trying to go back to the podcast i would really really love to be able to sh- just get everyone to go and um look it up th- themselves because i have a whole like practically a, a whole podcast about it Let's see. Let me try. I'm going to try one more thing, you all. Give me one second here. I'm going to try to pull it up. It could have been... Um, um, maybe it was here. Okay. All right. Let's see. So... um. I'm going to check a few more places because 
I had some pictures of like my my photos. I don't know what I need to go through my um check my website more often. That's what I need to do. So I've already studied this and I've written about it. I apologize for this. I really do. Um, let's see if I can just pull it out this way. No, it's coming up. Okay. Mm. Mm. And I have some photos with it too. Okay, so it's fine. Let me just pull it up. I'm going to take a couple more minutes to look this up. If um, It shouldn't take me that much longer. So let me just pull this up over here. I don't know how I cannot, how I just could not pull it up. <laughs> when I had, I don't know which one I had it on. Okay, so this is what this is what I'm gonna do here. Okay, so let's let's look at this. I want to go to the scripture. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28 and 68. 
So in Deuteronomy 28 and 68, it says, let's look at the full chapter. Um, and I'm going to look at the NIV version first, and then I'll go to the King James. All right, so we're going to go up here. Let's look at verse 64. So Deuteronomy 20, um, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 28 verse 64 to 68. It says, then the Lord will scatter you among all nations from one end of the earth to the other. There, there you will worship other gods, gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your ancestors have known. Among those nations, you will find no repose, no resting place for the sole of your foot. There, the Lord will give you an anxious mind, eyes weary with longing and a despairing heart. You will live in constant suspense, filled with dread both night and day, never sure of your life. In the morning, you will say, if only it were evening and in the evening, it, if only it were morning because of the terror that will fill your hearts and the sights that your eyes will see. The Lord will send you back in ships to Egypt on a journey I said you should never make again. There you will offer yourselves for the sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. And so this is talking about how uh, that some some Jews, they say that this is basically like the transatlantic slave trade um, that was uh, a curse that was God was talking about in Egypt. Um, and so that's basically what they're saying is distinguishes between the, the people in Egypt and bondage. Um, and so if we look at Deuteronomy, let's let's open a, a couple of other verses. Let's look at Deuteronomy 5 and 6. So Deuteronomy 5 and 6, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So you see that the Jews were enslaved in Egypt. Pharaoh had them enslaved and God put it on Moses' heart to go and free the slaves in Egypt. And so we see that in Deuteronomy 5 and 6 where God is um, telling them that, you know, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall know. Um, and so this, that's a part of the Ten Commandments too um, here in verse 7. But I, I want to pay very close attention to just the, um, the scriptures surrounding the Bible use of Egypt and bondage, right? So we're going to look at Micah uh, 6 and 4. It says, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. So you look at Judges 6 and 8. Let's go to Judges 6 and 8. This is talking about Gideon, right? Um, but we're going to go to verse 8. He sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Let's look at Joshua 24 and 17. It says, 
It was the Lord, our God himself, who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. So now we're going to look at um, Jeremiah 34 and 13. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I made a covenant with your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So let's look at Hosea 9 and 3. It says, they will not remain in the Lord's land. Euphraim will return to Egypt and eat unclean food in Assyria. Okay, so let's look here. Um, so we're going to look at these two scriptures uh, from Hosea 9 and 3 and first, Second Chronicles 1, 1 through 11. Okay. Solomon's son of David established himself firmly over his kingdom for the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Then Solomon spoke to all of Israel, to the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, to the th judges and to all the leaders in Israel, the heads of families and Solomon and the whole assembly went to the high place at Gibeon for God's tent of the meeting was there, which Moses, the Lord's servant had made in the wilderness. Now, David had brought up the ark of, the, of God from Kariath, Jerem, to the place he had prepared for it because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. But the bronze altar that Bezalel son of Uri, um, the son of Hur, had made was in Gibeon in front of the tabernacle of the Lord. So Solomon and the assembly inquired of him there. Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of, of the meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, you have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father, David, be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this people, this great people of yours. So God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions or honor, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king. So we see that God has made Solomon king over the Israelites. They were taken out of Egypt. Okay, they were slaves in Egypt. So this is this is like proof that um, Jews are some Jews are black, but there is more to this because God in the initial, um, in the initial one, God says, uh, I'm trying to go back to the scripture that I was just on. Let me just bookmark this here. 
um and then go back oops so i didn't go back let me see so when god says um Okay, so I want to um, I want to look at at these scriptures here that talks about God scattering Israel, and so um, we started at Deuteronomy twenty eight and sixty four, and so this is the way that we're going to analyze how God has basically transformed His Israelite children, the Jews, um, that are Hebrews, they're Jews, they are also Israelites. All right, they all mean the same thing, okay? And so we're gonna see how God has scattered them across the earth. All right, so it says in Deuteronomy 28 and 64, moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, and there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone, which you or your fathers have not known. And so we see that this is what God allows to happen. He scattered them among the peoples. In Leviticus 26 and 33, um, you, however, I will scatter among the nations and will draw out a sword after you as your land becomes desolate and your cities become waste. Um, and so now we see that in Leviticus. In Deuteronomy 4 and 27, the Lord will scatter you among the peoples and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. So you will be left few in numbers, few in numbers, all right, among the nations where the Lord drives you. Um, Psalms 106 and 27, and that he would cast their seed among the nations and scatter them in the lands. I will scatter them, Jeremiah 9 and 16, I will scatter them among the nations whom neither they nor their fathers have known. And I will send the sword after them until I have annihilated them. Ezekiel 12 and 15. So they will know that I am the Lord when I scatter them among the nations and spread them among the countries. Ezekiel 12 and 15. Let's look at Ezekiel 20 and 23. Also, I swore to them in the wilderness that I will scatter them among the nations and disperse them among the lands. Ezekiel 22 and 15. I will scatter you among the nations and I will disperse you through the lands and I will consume your uncleanness from you. 
Ezekiel, that's Ezekiel 22 and 15. Okay, so um, let's see something here. I want to also point out a few other things. So let me... um. One Okay, so let's look at this scripture here. Okay, so here we go. So if you go to Revelation 2 and 9, Revelation chapter 2 verse 9, it says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which, they, which say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan. And so what this is saying here is that we know that people that claim to be like current Jews that are not Jews, God is saying this in the Bible. This this is, see, see this is the, the book of Revelation is directly from the Lord. So it said, I'm going to read this again. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, right? What Jews do you know are in poverty? What Jews do you know are in tribulation? What Jews do you know are in poverty? So clearly, this is a scripture that is talking about Jews that are impoverished. Revelation 2 and 9. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogues of Satan. Okay. So we see here um, that there is a big discrepancy. Right, the angel of the church in Smyrna, right, these things said the, the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. So we see, we see, we see what the word of God is saying. So the Jews are in poverty. Clearly from this verse, the Jew, Jews are in poverty. They're going through tribulation. And so the Bible says, I know the blasphemy of them which say that they are Jews. See, they, they are Jews that lie and say that they are Jews.
but they are not Jews. And they are from the synagogue of Satan. Revelation 2 and 9. So the original Jews are who? The original Jews came out of Egypt. People that come out of Egypt are black. They are African. Okay. So we see that Jews are black. All right. So now I want to go to here and look at their um, couple of different things. All right. Oh, Lord. That, see, I was trying not to have to research this. I thought I was going to pull it up on my blog, and I didn't. So you have you have some Hebrews that were from West Semitic uh, people, and that you have some modern um, Jews and Hebrews that are um, the Sephardic Jews and Palestinians. Okay, and so they call themselves Jews as well. All right, and so. Um, that is the discrepancy there. But when we're looking at the Bible, I want to talk about this. This one I want to talk about here. Um, I don't know why I can't pull up what I researched already. So, um, anyway, the Jews and the, the Jews are the ones who are actually interpreting the Hebrew translation of the Bible. Okay. Um, I don't know why it doesn't it doesn't show me mm -mm. Lord Jesus please let me find this please God let me find what I was looking for um see if I could look I think it could be 
actively pulled up every single blog that I have. Okay, maybe it's, it's on one of these here. So I'll let that load. Um... I've never did this on any of my podcasts. I apologize to you all. Thank you so much for just, you know, um, just waiting on this for a moment. Definitely not wasn't the on that one. Okay, it's fine. So anyway, there there are two type of Jews. Um, you have the the Herodim and the um, Datum. Um, but I really wanted to talk about the um, African Jews who are from who are Egyptian. But I can't find an article 
and I also cannot find the information that I was looking for. So you have there are not just there are not just these two different type of Jews. It's actually a total of four um, that are considered like um, Arab um, Jews Jews who are Haredim, um, Datum, and uh, Masoretum and Hellenium, Hellenum. And so you have all of these different Israeli Jews, and they all have a different type of practice. But I wanted to talk about specifically the African-American, not African-American, but the African Jews and how they had originated. And so I cannot find the article that I talked about that on or the blog. Um, I was looking for that. I do apologize. I thought I was going to have it here. Um, usually when I'm pulling up my articles and stuff, I can find it find the stuff that i'm looking for pretty easy but i've wrote so much content um it could be here one second Let's see Okay, so I didn't find it there. If I find it, what I'll do is I'll just post it onto the website so everyone can have access to it. So you all can see it there. Um, but other than that, I cannot find it. I thought I I thought I was gonna be able to, but it doesn't look like I can I can right now. Not there either. Let's see. Okay. 
Okay, so that's it. So I'm gonna um I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna try to um find it. Apparently I can't. I don't know. I guess it disappeared or something. Um, so going back here, so we see that the strong concordance is really important. So when we think about the different ones um that you're looking at, so we have this one, which is Elia Ministries. This is the study of scriptures with the strong concordance online including the ability to search full Hebrew Greek lexicons. So um, it talks about their strong concordance here as being, let's see, let's, um, it says that their strong concordance is a very useful tool for studying the scriptures. It takes every single word of the King James Version and lists where each word can be found in the scriptures. It is useful for locating scripture verses that you know the words to, but don't know the book, chapter, or verse. For example, let's say that you know a verse that says, hairs are numbered. You could look up the word numbered in a strong concordance, and it'll give you a listing of all the verses that contain the word numbered. So, um, for instance, you will find Matthew 10 and 30, where uh, Yahushua said that the very hairs of your head are numbered. And Yahushua is God, right? Um, God has many different names. So, um, as I've said this before on previous podcasts, it's so important to understand the epistemology. When you understand the knowledge, you get you gain the knowledge of something, then you can understand the origin of the words, which is etymology, right? So, like as I've stated, the epistemology is the um is the study of knowledge and of the reason, right? So you want to make sure that you're able to get the gift of God. Um, of the gift of knowledge and wisdom to be able to understand specifically um, the etymology of words and the origin of them. And yes, you can use a strong concordance. And yes, you can understand the Bible from that way. But you want to be able to understand what you're reading in a way where you have the automatic knowledge through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you can, when once you look further at the word you'll be able to say okay you know what now i I understand that i understand it like you have certainty like you have confirmation of what you already knew um but it just gives you clarity right um so when we're looking at these type of things here for instance um let me say um let's see i'm trying to think of okay god bring it to my remembrance so when we are looking in the Bible, for instance, if you're trying to find, um, if you're trying to find whatever word you're looking for, right? If you just say, for instance, you're trying to find the word love and you're looking in a strong concordance, the word love may have 50 different definitions, right? You want to make sure that you're understanding what that love is of that particular verse of that scripture is referencing so for instance the word perfect is written in the bible in 94 different verses but it has 23 different meanings so if you look at it in one scripture and you read it in another scripture it's going to have different meanings even though they're similar they're not the same so you have to be able to differentiate between one word and being mentioned in the scripture and another word being mentioned in the scripture. So for instance, if we look at the word God, God is Elohim in the, the book of Genesis, right? And so I have, let me see, I had went on like a real in-depth word study a couple weeks ago. 
uh, okay, so let me see. So for instance, right, we have uh, Strong's number H430, which is Elohim. Elohim is pronounced, right? And it means supreme God. And But if you look at uh, H3068, which is the Hebrew number uh, for Jehovah, it's Jewish, right? It's a Jewish word for God that means Jehovah or Jehovah. Um, it also can be pronounced as Jehovah, which means the Lord. So you have this in the Bible, all right? But if you're looking at it from the English translation, the English translation for the word God is like only a few different meanings. But if you're looking at it from the Hebrew in the Old Testament, you're going to see that God has many different names. So, for instance, I've studied the Bible with a Jehovah Witness. And so they believe that God's name is uh, Jehovah. And God's name is Elohim. Those are like really pretty much the only two words that they call God. They call God God. They call him Elohim and they call him Jehovah. But you only have access to the English translation of the Hebrew scrolls and the Greek. So the Bible is written in Hebrew scrolls and also in Greek. You can't look at it from your translation. We have to be able to analyze it from the original translation and so um it's so important that when you have your bible you have a strong concordance as well because you want to be able to understand what it means so like for instance we look at um uh i i also look found this this bible um no not this bible this uh word it means lululu um, it, it's a conditional place. It is strong number H38, H3863. It's a conditional place that God sets. You know, um, for instance, uh, Eloa, Eloa is strong's number. Um, it means deity God. God is deity. Uh, H433. That's Strong's number, H433. So I, I kind of like do real strong um, word studies, okay? Because it's important. I want to know, okay? I want to know more and more about God. I want more of God, all right? Some people want more of other people, but I want more of God, right? So that's, that is what our goal should be, more, wanting more of God. So, um... Another uh another word I was looking up was uh Strong's number H2421, which is pronounced Kaya. Kaya is to compare to live, right? Compare to live. I also found uh, another Strong's number H3190, which is uh your tab. Your tab is to make a well. Causative is causative. You shall give. Or become happy or successful. Giving. God will give to make well. So that's what that means. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, God, thank you. But um, so let's look this up in there in this Strong's Dictionary. So I'm look up. Um, let's look up. Let's see if I can put the number in there. H3190.
okay so yes it poured it up okay good so what this means is well good please marry amend better accept it and so um it is trans the transliteration um is your tab it's pronounced your tab um and it it means to be good be pleasing be well be glad be joyful um so i wrote here um to make well to make well causative uh shall give happy and successful so we see that this word is in, out of genesis 12 and 13. it was also mentioned 34 times in the bible um we we see it in uh first samuel 24 and 5 and it came to pass afterward that david's heart smote him because he had cut off saul's skirt um that's three times esther let's see so to make well so god allowed saul i'm sorry god allowed david to be well you see to make well that's that scripture there that's mentioned three times. We look in Esther 2 and 4. And let the maiden which pleased the king be queen instead of Vashti. And the thing pleased the king and he did so. To make well. So when you want to call on God, you say, God, give me your tap. Your tap. Your tap. You need to know these things. Know the name that you're saying. Know what is going on. Right? So you look at Genesis 34 and 18. It says, and their words please tamar and shisham hamar's son to make well you see this is to make well that's what it means it's causative make well literally it's beautiful happy successful right to be accepted to amend something to make it a right benefit so i when i was looking up these words it these are all the words of god when you type in the word god okay so all of this comes up so let's Let's type in the word God here. And so we see the word God is listed over 100. I actually kind of like this dictionary. See. Over um 100 different times here. It has 52 different lexicon numbers and names. So we see Adonai, which is Strong's number H136, Lord, Lord God, Adonai. We see um, L, which means God, power, mighty, goodly, great, right? Idols, Emmanuel, might, strong. And then they got Elohim, judge, uh, God, goddess. Well, they having all these other different things on here, but it's that's not Elohim is our God. Okay, so I I don't like going into all of those extracurricular type of stuff where it's talking about um, idol worship and that type of thing. So we don't do idol worship here. So that's what I mean. You have to really, really pay attention to what type of strong concordance you're looking at. So you look at primary. The primary word that is utilized in scripture. So we see that the word God is in 3,878 different verses. So let's go to another Strong's Concordance and see what, what it has here. So let's type in the word God and see if they have the same. So we see 
that the word God here is mentioned 1,662 times. 1,662 times compared to this, this uh, Strong's Concordance has 3,878 times. So let's look at the word God in this one too. Let's look up the word God here. And this is the exhaust, um, this is the other Strong's Concordance. So we see that the word God here is mentioned 3,893 times. It confirms just like the other one. Well, no, this one is 3,878. So we see that this Strong's Concordance actually has more terms of the, the name God. If we look here at the Bible study tools, let's type in the word God. So, Bible verses about God. Let's click the, that search result there. Okay, this one doesn't even tell you how many times. It just says it was updated July 23rd, 2021. So, here's another one. This is out of the King James Bible online. So, let's, let's type in the word God here. They just say more than 100 matches. I actually like this one. Yes, I do. I like this one. It's not in order, but I like it. Um, this is good. I like this. Doesn't have anything out of. So they only have the Old Testament. So they don't have. That doesn't look like anything coming up. Oh, okay. No, no, no. They do. I misspoke. So they do have Matthew, they have Mark, they have Acts, 2 Corinthians, Thessalonians, Revelation. So they have all the times when the word God was mentioned in the Bible. And so this is very, very good. I think I'm going to bookmark this one. And let me type in the word perfect. I just want to see what, what definition they have for it. Let's see. So, see, they, they actually list the amount 94 times it, the word perfect is mentioned in the Bible. Um, it doesn't give you the exact lexicon um, definitions, but this is fine. You know, um, this is great. This is very good. I like it. And so let's look here. Um, we have the ancient Hebrew. So on, in the ancient Hebrew, it's kind of hard sometimes to study on their... Um, on their index though but let's see if we could look up something here because if you type a word here it's just going to take you to google um it doesn't really give you a breakdown it's not as user friendly as the other websites but that's still fine so if you click on the um the lexicon you know you should be able to go to their bookstore and if you wanted to like really understand the Torah, you can order that. You can look at um, different stuff on their website and just kind of play around their website and see what type of ebooks and books that they offer. But the ancient Hebrew store, I do like it. Um, you know, so that that's a good place to go and check out the um, the the Hebrew and the Greek. 
So I like, it's a couple of them I did like. And this one is nice. The Bible study tools is nice. They don't give you an exact number. For me, I am real meticulous. I actually would say I'm very meticulous. Um, I believe in it's all in the details. And so I would actually, will, I would want to know how many times is it mentioned? What verses is on? So I kind of like the strong, I like the strong concordance. Um, but now that I'm, I was looking at the King James Bible online, I actually like the way that they have it here too. And they actually show you each verse. I don't have to click on another page or anything to go there. So let's look at, let's look at Genesis. Um, and so we'll see the word God here. Let's, let's click on it. Okay. So it op opens up another one. And um, this is the word summary for H376. Um, this means man. A man as in an individual, a male person. Great mighty man. He, high degree. Him that is. Husband, mankind. So I clicked on, on man. Let's, let's click on a different one. Um, so... It should have just, okay, I'm sorry. That's because I had clicked on the word perfect. Let's go back to the word God. Okay, so I'm going to go to Genesis. Let's go to Genesis um, Genesis 21 and God, H430. God, Elohim, the supreme God. See that? The supreme God. Let's look at the word God in another spot. Okay, let's look at God. That that was that was um that was Strong's number H four three zero. So you got to pick on a different one now. Let's look at the Greek G two three one six. It means it's it's God Theos, um God a God God godly un uh, affinity. A deity, supreme divinity, um, Hebraism, exceeding, godly, Godward. Uh, so the Greek, that's in Greek. That is a uh, Greek number, Strong's number, 2316. G2316. And so since it's in Greek, it has the G in front of it. And so um, it has quite a few different definitions here. And uh, let's see, it says deities of divinities. We can see in Acts 28 and 6, 1 Corinthians. I like this. I like the King James Bible online. I like the way it explains it. Spoken of the only and true God um, with the article Matthew 3 and 9, Matthew 13 and 19, uh, very often with pre-propositions. -prop pre uh, so that's good. I like it. I like this. Okay, so we can go back. We see that God has different names, right? Let's look at um, let's look at another Hebrew one. Okay, so let's look at uh, mm -hmm. I thought I had written down way more than this. I know I did because I did. 
So, um, I'm always, I'm always looking at something, studying something here. So that's that, right? Um, so we see that God has multiple names. And so it's, it's important for us to just be able to look at all of that. We need to be looking at all of that in a way where we can understand that God's name isn't just, it isn't just God. We can call upon the name of the Lord. And the way that we call on him is when we're studying the word and we can understand what the Bible is saying. We can look at the Hebrew words. We look at the Greek words. Okay. Um, for instance, if you're looking in Greek this way, these words here, they are all going to be the word before the number. So whenever you see the um, Greek looking this way, it's always going to be the word before the number. And as you all can see, each single concordance, they basically make they basically make the um, translation for you to understand. They basically make the translation for you to understand more efficient. So, for instance, this Strong's Concordance um, org, it has three thousand eight hundred and ninety three times that the word God is mentioned in the Bible. And 79 different names of God. And they put it on over here to the left. Like, so we see Jehovah. Jehovah here, right? It is um, Strong's number 3069, which um, in order to prevent the repetition of the same sound. Elsewhere, this means God. Jehovah. Jehovah. Or Jehovah. Uh, uh, Shaday, Shaday, Almighty. That means Almighty, and that's in that's in Hebrew. You now we got um uh let's see what this one is uh Barak Barak, which means to kneel. Implication to bless God. You bless God as an act of adoration. Vice versa, is man um you're benefiting. From the adoration that you have. Some people have euphemism. Then they curse God. Right? Um, so th that would be. When they're when they're acting in that way. That's what they're doing. It's called Barak. It's spelled B-A-W-R-A-K. Barak. Um, and so. Now you see. It's uh, adding. Uh, what's another one? You have. God has 79 different names here. 79 different names. So let's look at the other one. Okay, let's look at the uh, Bible Hub. Bible Hub has this strong concordance. We, we see God, um, which is Strong's number 430. We know that that is Elohim. Elohim. We see also Strong's number L, um, which is E-L. It's pronounced E. It's spelled E-L. And it's Strong's number 410, which means what? It means God. We see the word Elah. Elah. 
E-L-A-H, which is Strong's number H-426, right? Um, it means God. So when you click on, let's click on it and see. It means God. That's what it means. It's Aramaic. Eloa. Eloa. Uh, it can be pronounced Eloa. That's the original word for it. Okay. But it means God. It means absolute, construct, empathetic. Okay. Um, that's what it means. So if you go back here. And so now we got another one. Um, let's look at this one. So this is the proper name is Yehovah. Yehovah, but it's spelled Y-H-V-H. It means the proper name of the God of Israel, right? The word origin is from Hava. And so it is the proper name is the God of Israel. And many people say it's the deity Yahweh. Um, the proper name of the God of Israel is basically the combinations and the prepositions of the original word God, the original Jehovah God of Israel. So we see that God has these different names. Another name for God we have is. Um, so, yeah, and you when you're reading this stuff. You see how they also have the the um the the evil evil ones. They list their names too. Who call themselves God? For instance, let's look at Hebrew word one three six. It means it's uh, Adonai. Adonai means Lord. Lord, the Lord our God, Lord. All right, so I know that was kind of like a pretty long um, blog uh, talking about the strong concordance, remembering these positive words. Some some words can be negative. We see that the the word "ra" is means evil, is wicked, um, but they consider it to be a god, one of their false gods, and so. When we're looking at these words and understanding what they mean, you know, don't don't get that far behind. It's like it's not really about you. It's about the people who God wants to use through you. So if you are you are a child of God, which means that God has a purpose and a plan for you. The plan and purpose that God has for your life, God wants to fulfill it. But if you are, you still be hand on reading the Bible. You know, we, we should not be in a way where we should just starting to understand the word. Um, but it's okay if you are. What that means is that you just have to feed the mind more of the word. It, that means that we have to replace many of the things that you're doing in this world and replace it with feeding your mind the knowledge of God. Don't be left behind. Don't. So try to understand what the Bible is saying. Read it. 
study it you don't you don't have to read the entire bible in one day read it chapter by chapter and get you a strong concordance download it they're free look at the strong concordance look up the words if it says goddess or if it says uh if it say um you know they if it says goddess it's not god that they're talking about okay you have to have discretion and understand that when you're reading stuff you pray and you say god give me the understanding that i need give me the revelation give me the interpretation that i need so although i couldn't find the blog i'm definitely going to find the blog okay um that i wrote this uh on so i talked about the um the jewish people and i talked about the african jews and also the like sort of Arab Jews. But when you remember Revelation 2 and 9, it's not hard to understand what the what God is saying there. Revelation 2 and 9 is a clear indication of what is happening. You have Jews out here that's claiming to be Jews when they are not. They are from the synagogue of Satan. And it talks about God's Jews being and poverty and tribulation so if you know th that is something that is really really something to consider the jews they did come out of egypt um and so it does not mean that they were a different race other than egypt egyptian all right so it's just pretty much common sense to understand that is, is spiritual common sense we need to be not on spiritual milk but on spiritual solid food you don't want to be at the elementary level of understanding the bible or the word of god in any way you want to be graduated and and at, at a point where you can go out and now you can tell others about the good news of god and so um just kind of looking at the strong's concordance since we are relying on that translation and um analyzing the transliteration of those words it's important to know that um many times a lot of words are changing they shouldn't be changing too fluidly though or too often but they do change and some words are added on okay because when god gives you revelation or something god's word is so powerful there are people that talk about the bible and they never even read the bible so how can you say that this is not true or you don't know this or you don't believe in god when you haven't even read it don't talk about something that you don't know nothing about so it's important for us to know that when we're reading we are opening ourselves up for the holy spirit to lead us and to give us revelation and interpretation of the word of god so i do apologize that i couldn't find it was a it was an article actually that i i took a screenshot and i posted it on the page i just don't remember specifically which blog it was but i know that i did because i've talked about the uh jews 
and um how there were two different types of jews that one originated from africa uh from egypt and the other jews had um you know kind of like uh was a part of the arabic or Aramaic. arm i don't i'm not sure if it was armaic armaic or not but um i know that i found the article so i need to look and see so please forgive me for that and of that delay um but i will provide that information as soon as i get a chance so i want to thank you all so much for joining me i reached my two hour mark for us tonight but that's okay i'll see you all on sunday don't forget to like the page and share 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 on on your social media platforms i really do appreciate all of the support that you all give me um just to let you know if you needed to contact me or suggest a topic send an email address send an email to uh, Deanna Watson at SuddenChangesCorporation.org. If you needed prayer, send that prayer request to Laws Life Help at SuddenChangesCorporation.org. Once again, if you needed to complete um, community service or if you wanted to volunteer or become an intern um, or if you're interested in becoming an author, just go ahead and send that email to info at SuddenChangesCorporation.org. I really appreciate you all tonight. Let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you for uh, receiving your word today. God, I just pray that you allow me to find the um, article that I had talked about the Jews. Um, uh, for some reason, I couldn't find it. But God, I pray that you allow me to so I can post it on the website. And I pray to everyone that is listening that they have patience for, um, you know, just they had the patience that was needed to listen through me trying to find the article. I just pray that I can be more prepared. But most importantly, God, I just pray that you can please just continue to give us revelation and understanding of your word. Allow us to use the all, the all, allow each person to have access to your Bible, including the Strong's Concordance, so that we can understand further um probe further into your word oh god so we just appreciate you we thank you please do not allow no confusion to take place during the um studying of the strong concordance god let us be able to have discernment and understand the good and understand the the bad word so that we can understand exactly what your word is trying to tell us give us all revelation understanding in a way where we can see things and hear continually from your perspective we don't want to depend on our own perspective god we want to be more like you allow our hearts to be more like you allow our minds to be more like you allow our compassion our grace that we give others god allow us to be more like you in every area of our, our lives allow us our attitude to be more like you god allow our walk in our relationship with you to be more positive god allow us to be more obedient let us be more receptible to being obedient to you let us reciprocate all of the information in your word that you give us allow us to receive your prophets that you send in our life god allow us to identify the people who are your children so that we can learn from them father god god remove all of the people in our lives that are have not submitted their will to you or are not being able to help us fulfill your plan will and purpose god we want the people in our life that can aid us in the process and those people that that need your help god we ask that you just please change their life that you soften their heart that you turn them away from the things that is displeasing to you and you turn them back to your kingdom but most importantly god we ask that you please allow your will to be done in our life 
And that is exactly what we need, and that's what we want. So we give you glory. We give you praise and honor, God. We thank you so much. We ask that you give us discernment too, God, so that no man shall deceive us. We pray for our enemies in a way that you allow them to prosper and understand who you are, God. Shaking and awakening them in a way where they will follow you. Let them hear your voice, God. Turn their heart from stone and make it soft, Lord God. Allow them to accept you and understand you, God. Allow them to do better and, and, and fulfill your plan, will, and purpose too, God. God, chase out the, all the people whose heart is lost and whose heart is hardening and make their hearts soft, God. We just ask this in your mighty name, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It is sealed in your atonement, blood. Amen. All right. Thank you all so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you all have a good night. I will see you all on Sunday.